Hello. DJ, please pick up your phone. I'm on the request line for Zidius. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's a, it's a request line for Insidious. All the chapters. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> That's where it stops. That's where it stops. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres. Wait. <laughs> it should have stopped after two, but... It really should have, honestly. Uh, but yes, we are doing all of the Insidiouses. I, I guess that would be the plural. Insidii? Insidii. We're doing all the Insidii today. Mm. Uh, we're going to do one, two, three... And four. In case you didn't hear me. In case you didn't hear the first time. You people may not be paying attention when we first start. Wake up. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> We're gonna do it. <laughs> so, I love the first one. Yeah. The first one's amazing. I watched it. Uh, the first time I actually watched Insidious was back when Chase and I started doing, well, I don't do it anymore, 30 hor- 31 horror movies in 31 days. Yeah. Uh, and that was Back maybe 2015 was when we started it. Mm-hmm. And that was when I first watched it. And I was like, whoa! I saw it in theaters. <laughs> in 2011. Yeah, yeah. That was before we met. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I saw it in theaters, um, I think with my boyfriend at the time. And it freaked me out. I was like, oh shit, this movie's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely has some really good jump scares. This was kind of what brought Leigh Whannell, um, I mean, obviously Saw came out before this, but um, this was what brought James Wan, I think, to the forefront. James yeah, Wan. Horror. I mean, obviously he was involved in Saw, but I think this was really his first. This is magnum opus. This mm-hmm. is the, the OG James Wan horror movie. So we're going to start off, obviously, the first one came out in 2010. It was directed by James Wan. If you don't know what he has directed, have you been here before? Are you new here? <laughs> because <laughs> we've talked about this we've many, many times. Several times. It's, but just in case you didn't, Annabelle, yeah, Aquaman, all Insidious. The <laughs> Saw, all the, all the things. It stars Patrick Wilson, who is in The Conjuring. James Wan loves him. Mm-hmm. Aquaman just, too. Yes, he's in Aquaman too as well. Uh, Rose Byrne, she was in Bridesmaids, and she was fucking hilarious. And Neighbors, too. And Neighbors, yes. Then it also stars Ty Simpkins. He plays Dalton, their son. Sorry. They play Josh and Renee Lambert, respectively. Um, Ty Simpkins plays Dalton, their son. Lynn Shay, who is like the quintessential, if you have her in a horror movie. Mrs. Matheson. You're legit, except for she doesn't sound like that. No, but she played Mrs. Matheson. Yes, and she's in a lot of horror movies. She's in, I think, almost all of the Insidious movies. She's in every horror movie. Didn't you guys know that? Didn't you guys know that? (laughs) If you need to be legit, she needs to be in your movie. She's the Scream Queen. She was in that shit movie, Ouija. I like that. Oh, I hate that movie. Uh, The second one... Is watchable. The first one, I hate it. It's so bad. Lay One L himself, uh, Mr. I fucking love him. Director of Saw was in this. He plays Specs. Well, he he was also in Cooties. Yes, he was. He was the best part of that damn movie. Didn't we see that together? Yeah, we yeah. went and saw it at the Egyptian. That's right. Yes, uh-huh. that movie was awesome. Um, then Angus Sampson, he plays Tucker, who is like Specs, mm-hmm. like other guy. And he was in Fargo. Yes, he was. Barbara Hershey, who has been in many, many, many things. Uh, she plays Lorraine Lambert, and that is... The mom. That is, yeah, Josh's mom. Mm-hmm. She's uh, Renee's mother-in-law. And then Andrew Astor plays Foster, their other son. There you go. There's your cast. And then we're just going to get right into the uh, the plot. 
and see how this goes. Wow. Josh. It's a long climb. I know. <laughs> We're going to be here forever. Josh and You're Renee. You're welcome. You're welcome. Josh and Renee Lambert and their sons, Dalton Foster, and then they have a little infant daughter named Callie. They recently moved into a new house, and then one night, Dalton, their son, is drawn to their attic, and he goes up there and he gets scared by something that's in the shadows. And then the next day, and he falls off a ladder. He doesn't really, like, hurt himself. He just falls off of the ladder. And then the next day, he just falls in a coma. And you're like, oh... Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So then three months later, he's been having treatment. Nothing's been happening. Renee and Josh are allowed to take him home, and they're just going to care for him at home. And he just really hasn't had any change. Like, he's not getting worse. He's not getting better. He's just been in this coma. So soon after they bring him home, paranormal things start happening. Renee hears voices on the baby monitor when there's nobody in Callie's room. Uh, oh, I hate that. I hate, anytime a baby monitor's in a, in a horror movie, I'm like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So Foster says that Dalton is sleepwalking at night. And of course, they're like, he's in a coma. He can't fucking sleepwalk. (laughs) Renee, at one point, she goes into Callie's room and there's like a dude standing there. Oh, I fucking hate it. Oh, and she's like, oh God, and like freaks the fuck out. And then their home security alarm keeps going off. And Josh is kind of doing that. Oh, you're just being distraught. You're just, oh, you're just upset. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. She's like going through some shit, okay? Mm-hmm. So then Renee finds a bloody handprint on Dalton's bed. And she's like asking Josh. And she's like, what the fuck is going on with this house? And he's like, whatever, it's fine. So then that right night, Renee gets attacked by the figure in Callie's room. And Josh like witnesses it. And so the Lamberts are like, fuck it, we'll move. So they go and they move elsewhere. And you think, oh, okay, you know, like they're moving. It's going to be fine because it was the house. But in the new house, more supernatural shit starts happening. Renee sees this little boy. Oh, fuck that little boy. Fuck the little boy. I Any... hate that part. That, that was the one mm-hmm. part that made me like, Bleh! Oh, yeah. No, that part is blue. And it's so creepy the way that they do it because he's she's taking the garbage out. And she put a, a record on. And then that goddamn tiptoe through the tulip song starts playing. Fuck that song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she, you see this little boy and he's like inside and he's like dancing. And so she goes running inside and she goes around the entire house. And when she gets into the laundry room, he's like standing against a wall. And I didn't even notice that until like the third time I saw that movie. And I was like, oh, <laughs> the fuck is that? Creepy child. About? Creepy child. What the fuck are you doing there? So she sees that and she's like super freaked out by it. And then Josh's mom, Rain, shows up. And she says that she had a dream about a dark figure in Dalton's room. And it's this, like, big, tall, blanky thing that's, like, standing in the corner pointing at him. And it's, uh, it's gross. Suddenly, she sees the figure behind Josh. And it, like, pops out of nowhere and, uh, gives everybody a freaking heart attack. It looks like, like, a weird mask yeah. thing that is, like, ah. <laughs> it's a demon. It's just a demon standing behind Josh, you know, as they do. And then immediate, like, immediately after that, Dalton's room gets like, ransacked. Like, shit gets thrown everywhere and it's crazy. So then Elaine, or Lorraine calls Elise Rayner Lynche. And she's a psychic and she has these two paranormal investigators, Specs and Tucker, that follow her around. That's Leigh Allen, and the other guy. And Elise senses a presence in the house. When she goes in Dalton's room, she sees the same demon that was behind Josh. Elise explains that Dalton is actually not in a coma. He was born with the ability to travel to the astral plane. So astral projection basically is you can go out of your body 
and wander They around. explain it all on Sabrina. They do. <laughs> the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And he's been doing that in his sleep, and he believes his abilities are merely dreams. They're not, like, real. It's just he's dreaming it. But he traveled too far away from his body and became lost in a purgatory realm called The Further. A place inhabited by the tortured souls of the dead. Without his mental presence, Dalton's, Dalton's body appears to be comatose and the spirits can use it to enter the physical world. I have goosebumps on my scalp. Because <laughs> when Elise's voice is like, and into the further we go. Yeah. Uh, oh, now I just got chills. Blow. See? See how it Josh is skeptical until he realizes the drawings in Dalton's bedroom hinted at his astral projection abilities and the red-faced demon. Elise performs a seance, which is fucking terrifying Mm -hmm. she puts on a gas mask which uh, i hate anyways bex has to listen to her while she's in the gas mask and like write down what she's saying they have the seance she's trying to communicate with dalton during the seance the demon briefly possesses oh my god possesses (laughs) dalton's body and attacks the group before being stopped by elise Elise reveals that her acquaintance with Lorraine is decades old, and she had previously helped Josh when he was eight years old. Josh also possesses the ability to astral project, though he had suppressed his memory of the ability years prior with Elise's help in order to protect him from the parasitic spirit of an evil old woman that wanted to possess him. And when they're going through the pictures, oh god, I hate that scene. It just, like, every picture, this thing gets closer and closer to him, and it just Oh, it's like the, it's like the face of the movie, honestly. Like it's the most, I think, synonymous with that movie. But oh God, that scene is so creepy. Dalton inherited the trait from him. So Elise tells Josh that the only way to rescue Dalton is for him to go into the further. Elise puts Josh in a trance and he is able to project himself to the previous house. He goes to the attic, but he's attacked by the same figure that attacked Renee. So the big guy that was in the baby's room. Basically the crow looking motherfucker. Yeah, he looks like the crow. I'm like, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) After defeating him, Josh enters the demon's lair where he finds Dalton chained to the floor. And the demon is like sewing. Yeah. And the tiptoe through the tulip (laughs) song is playing. And he's like, he's not really sewing. He's like sharpening a blade. Okay. For some reason, I thought but it's like in a warehouse looking it's, thing yeah, up in a in the loft mm-hmm. type thing is what you yeah. would call it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so he finds Dalton and then Josh frees him, but the demon sees them. And then the spirits into the further are evading the real world and they're terrorizing Elise and Renee and the guys. And it's super creepy. I hate that scene because they have like the twins that show up there. And I mean, blah, blah, blah. That's the the one where it's like all of a sudden you hear a snap and everybody's head turns yes. the same way. Ugh. It's like the banging on the piano. That's the sound effect they do. It's like somebody banging on a piano yeah, and it drives yeah, yeah. me nuts. After managing to escape, Josh confronts the old woman that haunted him as, as a child. The woman dissolves into darkness after Josh shouts at it to leave him alone. When Josh and Dalton return to their bodies, they wake up in their new home and their spirits seem to disappear. As they celebrate the apparent end of the ordeal, Elise starts packing her equipment with Josh when she senses that something is wrong. Noticing Josh's hands look old and dirty, she takes a photo of him. Josh, enraged by this, strangles Elise to death. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it ends. Renee is horrified when she discovers Elise's dead body and searches for Josh. Renee picks up the camera and sees the image that Elise took of Josh and it's now the old woman that had haunted him, implying that Josh has been possessed. Josh suddenly appears behind Renee. She turns around and gasps. After a credit scene, the old woman blows out her candle. 
Uh, the ending of that movie always gets me. Ugh, gets me so good. I'm just like, eh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it sets it up for number two. Yeah. Um, I think the first one's the best one, though. Honestly. Oh, no. Totally. But it's great. Yeah. Yeah. The second one comes in close second, though. Yeah. If we're being totally honest. Oh, I agree. Which is the one that I'm about to do now. Yeah! Right now! I don't really have to go through any of the um, directors or starring because it's literally it's the, the same, same yeah. as number one, directed by James Wan. Stars Lynn Shay, Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, Lee Winnell, Angus Sampson, Ty Simpkins, all those people. Let's get to it! Number o dose. Did you know that's a word? Number o? Numer- Number o dose. Use it in a sentence today. In 1986, Lorraine Lambert summons, jo- summons demonologist Elise Rayner to help her son Josh, who's followed by the spirit of an old woman. After encountering... encountering paranormal phenomena in the Lambert house, Elise tells Lorraine that they must suppress Josh's astral projection abilities for his own safety. Mm -hmm. 25 years later, Josh's wife, Renee Lambert, is under questioning about the death of Elise. She's warned that if Josh's fingerprints are found on the crime scene, he'll be prosecuted for Elise's murder. Josh, Renee, and their children, Dalton, Foster, and Callie, relocate to Lorraine's house. They soon begin to encounter strange, seemingly paranormal events. Specs and Tucker, Elise's associates, visit Elise's house and discover the videotape of the 1986 investigation. Upon reviewing it, they find someone standing behind Josh in the video. The next morning, Dalton tells his mother that he's been having bad dreams involving a woman in a white dress, as well as hearing Josh talk to an unseen figure. Renee receives a call from the police stating that the fingerprints don't match Josh's. The woman in white in the white dress appears and attacks Renee, and Josh hears a voice urging him to kill his family. What the fuck? Rude. Kill them. Lorraine visits Specs and Tucker as they show her the tape, enhanced to show an adult Josh as the figure standing behind the young Josh. They contact Elise's former colleague, Carl, who attempts to contact Elise's spirit. They're told to find answers at an abandoned hospital where Lorraine used to work as a doctor. Upon arriving, Lorraine recounts the story of a patient named Parker Crane, who was admitted for trying to castrate himself. Yeah! Two days later, Lorraine saw Parker in an elevator. When Lorraine asked a nurse why Parker was out of his bed, the nurse explained that he had jumped to his death the day before. Ooh, spooky! Ooh, ooh, ah! Lorraine and the group go to the Crane family home where they find a secret room. Inside, they discover numerous corpses, a black wedding gown, and newspaper clippings revealing Parker to be a killer referred to as the Bride in Black, who kidnapped and murdered young women while dressed as a woman himself. Josh's body begins to slowly deteriorate, and Renee realizes he's possessed. Oh, no! Lorraine insists that they all get away from Josh. Carl, Spex, and Tucker arrive to drug Josh, but Josh manages to to subdue all three because he got that demon magic. He got that demon strength, you know? Carl awakens in the spirit realm of the further where he meets the spirits of the real Josh and Elise. It is revealed that time moves non-chronologically in the further, Mm -hmm. and Josh is able to communicate with himself as a child to figure out the location of Parker's house in the further. In the real world, the possessed possessed Josh ambushes Lorraine and Renee, locking Lorraine in the closet. Renee and the children escape to the basement. 
Dalton voluntarily enters the further to help his father. Mm -hmm. In the further, Josh and the others find Parker's house. They witness Parker's mother, Michelle, the woman in a white dress, abusing him for acting like a male and forcing him to act like a girl. This part pissed me off. Oh, yeah. Really pissed me off because it's very clear she wanted a girl. And I, I get it. We've all got our preferences. And some people don't have preferences. But don't make your kid act like a gender that they are not. Right. Leave it up to them. Right. Okay? Yeah. That, that whole scene is, I mean, she's creepy. Oh, yeah. She's just terrible. She's got, like, super white teeth and bright mm-hmm. lipstick and, like, her makeup's all weird. And, ugh. Don't you dare. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Parker had killed his female victims at the behest of his mother's spirit. Mm-hmm. Upon finding Michelle, she and Josh fight. Pow, pow. They do fight. Elise saves Josh and appears to destroy Michelle's spirit, which stops the possessed Josh from murdering his family in the real world. That part is terrible. Yeah. When he's trying to, like, he kind of reminds me of um, uh, The Shining mm-hmm. when he's trying to kill his family. That that whole scene kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the scene. Here's yeah. Johnny. Parker's ghost disappears. Carl and Josh escape only to find Dalton, who leads them back to the living world, allowing Josh to finally regain control of his body. Yeah. The Lambert family is finally reunited with Josh and Dalton, allowing themselves to once again have their memories suppressed by Carl. Sometime later, Spex and Tucker arrive at the house of a family whose daughter, Allison, is in an unexplained coma. Unknown to them, Elise's spirit passes between them, going into the house and to Allison's room. She hears a crackling sound and rises slowly to look over Allison's head, gasping as she sees something standing in the shadow of a corner of the room. And that Which part is creepy. Yeah. AF. You don't know what it is, but No, but you hear like this crackling, yeah. like lifting sound, uh, and you're like, well, good. that ain't gonna be good. That's not good. No. So then chapter three, which I think is the worst out of all of them, honestly. I don't like it. 2015. 2015. I believe I saw this one in the theaters. I did not. Yeah. yeah. This is the one with the broken legs. Yeah. Which is sad because I like Leigh Allen. I like his movies. And I don't honestly think that this was really any fault of his. I think it was just more that I, this felt shoehorned in there. Like it didn't feel like yeah, it was It was part. very rushed. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was part of it. But anyways, it is directed by Leigh Um, And it stars, let's see if I can get this, Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> There you go. Which I always get him and what is his name now? I totally blank on it. Dylan McDermott. Dylan McDermott mixed up. But Dermot Mulroney is best known for being in My Best Friend's Wedding. Um, And also The Wedding Date. Oh, yes, that too. Um, Stephanie Scott, she plays Quinn Brenner. She was in Jeff and the Holograms (laughs) and flipped. (laughs) Angus Sampson, obviously. uh, You have Tucker and Specs in there too. Lynn Shay. Who else is... Phyllis Applegate. Oh, Phyllis Applegate, yes. Big Mama's House. Big Mama's House. She plays Grace. Um, so yeah, there we go. There's a, that's all the people you really need to care about. I like how I'm looking at IMDb right now, and there is somebody credited as the, the only thing he's in oh, here as yeah. the man who can't breathe. Yeah. There's also one, I can't remember, it might be the last one, but it's like the lipstick man. The lipstick man. Okay. <laughs> All right. This takes place several years before the Lambert haunting, so we're forward before all that. Teenager Quinn Brenner meets the retired demonologist Elise Rayner. Elise reluctantly agrees to try and contact the spirit of Quinn's mother, Lily, who died one year prior. 
However, Elise urges Quinn not to try and contact her mother again after sensing a malevolent force. She's like, I don't think that's a good idea. You're messing with things that you don't really understand. I'll do it once, but never again. Never again. So then after auditioning for a school for the performing arts, Quinn sees a mysterious figure waving to her from the distance on the street. Distracted, she is hit by a car. <laughs> oh man, she is fucking she is, free. And when I say hit, she gets fucking hit. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, and she, both her legs get broken. I car. thought she was dead. Oh, I thought she was too. I was like, holy shit. This is how the movie's gonna start? Okay. Now she's stuck at home and she's with her father, Sean, and her brother, Alex. Quinn begins to experience increasingly disturbing paranormal phenomena including seeing visions of a dark spirit wearing an oxygen mask known as the man who can't breathe. <laughs> the same figure that caused her car accident. He was the one who was waving. Ew. Yeah. Um, one of Quinn's neighbors, an elderly woman with dementia, who has previously said several confusing and cryptic things to her about the man who can't breathe, passes away. Sean meets with Elise, who, like him, is also grieving after the death of her husband, Jack. So she's sad, you know. And he tries to convince her to help his daughter. Elise declines, saying that her previous visit to the um, to the dark spiritual world of the further made her realize that an evil spirit is hunting her. However, she is convinced by her friend and former colleague Carl from the previous movie to continue using her spiritual ability after he reminds her about her successful case in involving Josh Lambert in 1986 stating that she is stronger than any spirits or demons because she is living and they are not. Which I think is actually, you know, a good point. Yeah. And it's why the demons are jealous of us is because we're fucking living. We're alive, beach, And we do what we want. (laughs) So due to Elise's refusal, Alex suggests Sean call on alleged demonologists, Specs and Tucker, who have built a following on the internet during their investigation. Quinn becomes briefly possessed by the men who can't breathe, and she breaks through her leg braces. Oh, I fucking hate it! And attempts ooh, to attack Sean. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Anything that has to do with people and broken bones. Well, she fucking tries to walk on those broken yeah. legs. And it's gross. I can't think of other words to say that aren't curse words. Sean <laughs> realizes that Specs and Tucker are frauds and prepares to kick the duo out until Elise arrives. Deducing that the Dark Spirit's goal is to lure potential victims to the further so it can eat their life force. Elise decides to enter the spiritual world and enlists Specs and Tucker to help. Elise enters the further and has a brief fight with the evil spirit that haunts her, a mysterious bride in black, which we remember the bride in black from the second movie. Before she discovers Jack's spirit, Jack begins to encourage Elise to commit suicide so that they might be reunited. Okay. (laughs) Elise realizes that Jack is actually the man who can't breathe in disguise and smashes his face before escaping back to the physical world. Elise realizes that Quinn has to defeat him on her own. Though Quinn is at first is at a disadvantage at first, Elise receives a her message. Broken fucking legs. Right? Elise receives a message from the recently dead neighbor. Lily had left Quinn a letter to read before she graduated high school, but Quinn never found it. Lily's spirit suddenly appears in the further and helps Quinn to defeat the man who can't breathe. Elise gives parting words to the family, including words of encouragement from Lily's spirit. She leaves with Specs and Tucker, and the three agree to form a partnership. Later, Elise arrives home and notices her dog barking at something. Suddenly, a demon with a red face appears behind her. Yeah. Like a fucking asshole. <laughs> you 
fucking They really jerk. like to give, with these movies specific, specifically, they like to give it that last little, uh. Every single time, though, I'm like, I expect it, I know what's happening, and I'm still like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this movie is definitely my least favorite out of all of them. Yeah. It, it definitely didn't hold the caliber of uh-huh. the first two. It had some really fucked up moments. Oh, for sure. Uh, that whole, uh, for, forever for me, that scene where she breaks her casts uh, off and walks on those fucking legs. Uh, yeah, no, and like, you can hear the bones and you can mm-hmm. see them and it's like, oh, I can't. Yeah, it's I bad. just won't do it again. You no. can't make me. Oh, God. Moving on. Moving on. Mm-hmm. The last key. Insidious, the last key. It was in 2018, and I actually, the reason I wanted to see this was because of the movie poster art. Right. It was was a fucking bony finger with a key key on the end of it. And then you see in the previews of all, for this movie Mm -hmm. in uh, the trailers, this key going into this screaming girl's throat, and it turns, and her sound goes off. Yeah. And you're like, this movie's gonna be amazing! (laughs) And then it's not. Uh, spoiler alert. Anyways, so we start out the last key. In 1953, Elise... Oh, wait. No, no, no. I can't do this yet. What the hell? I didn't tell you who's in it. Oh. (laughs) It's not the same cast from three, two, or one. Some characters, like Lynn Shay, Lee Lee Manuel, (laughs) Lee Manuel Miranda, (laughs) Lee Wanell, Angus Sampson. But then we've got Spencer Locke. She plays Melissa. She was in Resident Evil Extinction and Resident Evil Afterlife. Oh. Caitlin Gerard. Uh, she plays Imogen. She was in The Wind and Smiley, which I never saw. Oh, Smiley. Did you see it? That was dumb. Oh, it looks kind of really so fucked up. stupid. Okay, well, I will take it's your a, word for it's it. It's a YouTuber horror movie, which makes it bad. No, all right. I believe you. Josh Stewart plays Gerald. He was in The Collector and The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And then you got Bruce Davison, who plays Christian, who plays Elise's younger brother. Yeah. He was in X-Men and X2 as Robert Kelly, Mm -hmm. the one we all love to hate. Yep. Okay. Now I can get back into it. Now we can get back into it. In 1953, Elise Rayner lives in Five Keys, New Mexico, with her parents, Audrey and Gerald, and younger brother Christian. Damn it, Gerald. (laughs) Elise and Christian encounter a ghost in their bedroom. Frightened, Christian looks for a whistle their mother gave them to call for help, but can't find it. Gerald, furious, beats Elise and locks her in the basement. There, Elise opens a mysterious red doorway and is briefly possessed by a demonic spirit. When Audrey comes to investigate, she's killed by the demon. Mm -hmm. Decades later, in California, 2010... Elise works as a paranormal investigator with her colleagues, Specs and Tucker. It, it sounds like her colleagues, Specs and Tucker. <laughs> and it's like, she's this old lady with like these two randos. And right. like, okay. okay. All right. A man named Ted Garza calls, says he's been experiencing paranormal activity at his house. Realizing it's her childhood home, Elise departs to help him. When investigating the house, Elise finds Christian's lost whistle, but it disappears again after she encounters a female spirit. Mm. Mm. Elise tells Specs and Tucker that she has seen the spirit before when she was a teenager. After this earlier occurrence, Elise fled the house in fear, of, be- of another beating from her father, abandoning Christian. The next morning, Elise, Tucker, and Specs meet Melissa and Imogen, Christian's daughters. 
Christian is still furious at Elise for abandoning him. Hoping to repair their relationship, Elise hands Melissa a photo of their whistle, telling her to show it to Christian. Later, Elise and Tucker discover a hidden room in the basement. A hidden room! Inside, guiding, guided by the female spirit, they discover a young woman is being held prisoner. Mm -hmm. Ted storms into the room and reveals that he is responsible. He locks the group in and tries to kill Spex. Spex kills Ted in self-defense. Mm -hmm. That felt like something I have to say three times fast. I know. <laughs> uh, tried to kill Spex. Spex kills Ted in self-defense. Oh, <laughs> twister. Yeah. Sometime later, after police clear the house, Christian and his daughters go inside to find the whistle. In the basement, Melissa is attacked by a demon from Elisa's past, known Ooh. as Keyface. A demon! Which is not as scary as his finger. Keyface! <laughs> I mean, right? It's like, he doesn't have any keys on his face. No. They should have called him Keyfingers. <laughs> Keyfinger! Ew, no! <laughs> Because <laughs> that reminds me of salad fingers. Salad fingers. So put the fish in the oven. <laughs> so stupid. The, some of you are really confused right now. Don't look it up. It's a fucked up right. YouTube video All the people called Salad Fingers. From our generation will know what Salad Fingers is because Ugh. that was like a rite of passage. At some point you had your friends would be like, hey, have you seen Salad Fingers? It was like the decades, the era of like E-bombs world mm -hmm. and like Black Sheep and all that stuff where they'd be like, yeah, watch it. I like rusty spoons. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Makes me have good. Oh, oh what the fuck? Oh. Keep finger salad spoons. <laughs> Sorry, my computer also it like turned off for a second. Your computer likes to fuck with me. I know. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Keyface. Keyface sends her into a coma. Oh. With her consciousness now stuck in the spirit realm of the further into the further we go. Mm. Trying to save Melissa, Elise searches the house and discovers hidden suitcases containing belongings of numerous other women who have been held prisoner, mm -hmm. including the young woman who she'd seen as a teenager. Elise realizes that like Ted, her father Gerald also kidnapped women and held them in a secret room. The woman she saw as a teenager, Anna, was actually still alive and was later killed by Gerald. Yeah. Suddenly, Elise is ambushed by Keyface and her spirit is taken into the further. So she thought that the girl that she actually saw in the basement was a ghost, was a ghost but, but she, she was, was alive. A, very much alive yeah. and being held prisoner. And that was a total mindfuck. Yeah. No, You're that like, was crazy. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Imogen who possesses abilities much like Elise's, enters the further with the help of Spex and Tucker. She is led by Anna's ghost into a prison well realm where Keyface is holding all the souls he's taken, including Melissa and Elise. No, Keyface! No, Keyface! Elise realizes Keyface has been controlling both Gerald and Ted and feeds on the fear and hatred generated by the women that kidnapped. Mm. Ugh, so angsty! <laughs> Keyface tries to coerce Elise into hurting her father's spirit as revenge for what he's done. Elise starts beating Gerald, but is stopped by Imogen and refuses to feed Keyface any more hatred. No more hatred for you, Keyface. You've had enough. <laughs> Keyface attacks Elise, but Gerald saves her before he's stabbed by Keyface, his spirit vanishing. No! Keyface stabs Melissa, causing her physical body to start dying. Oh. He attempts to possess Elise. Elise blows Christian's whistle, and it sounds like a, a train whistle mm -hmm. almost. And Audrey's spirit arrives, who's the mother, vanquishing Keyface. 
With Melissa dying, they move to find her body in the further. They open a door and see a young boy, Dalton Lambert. Realizing they open the wrong door, they leave the door open and find Melissa in the next door. Melissa's spirit returns to her body in the real world, saving her life. Elise makes amends with her mother's spirit and says goodbye. Elise and Imogen return to the real world and reunite with Melissa and Christian. Christian forgives Elise and she gives him the whistle. Mm -hmm. In her sleep, Elise has a dream about Dalton and the red-faced demon. She awakens and receives a call from a, a woman named Lorraine. Elise had helped her son years earlier, and now her grandson Dalton needs the same help, which Elise agrees to help, which is yeah. numero uno. So what I think is really interesting how they tied this to the first one with seeing Dalton and leaving the door open, because mm-hmm. then that allowed the spirits to come into that realm, which I think is really cool. Honestly, like I thought the way that this movie tied into the rest of them was really, really good. Yeah. But other than that, it's not that great. (laughs) I don't like the monster. Like when they make the monster seem so menacing and then you actually see it and you're like, well, it just looks like kind of a fucked up turd. Right. (laughs) Well, and the guy who does the body work for the monster, his name is Javier, I think, Botet. And he did, like, the body work for Mama and Pyramid Head. And he, I believe, has Marfan Syndrome, where your limbs and your extremities are extremely long. And he is very tall and very skinny. And he does, like, contortion. Mm -hmm. And so that's why he's chosen for roles like that. I actually think he did the Crooked Man as well and i think he also did the um the plague guy in it Mm. yeah so he's he's been in a bunch of horror movies and he does a fantastic job at doing all the body work and the contortion so i think he did the body work for that as well but yeah i mean out of all of these i definitely the first two are my favorites Mm -hmm. the third and fourth one are kind of in the same realm (laughs) yeah i would say for me it's one two four and three yeah, me too, honestly, because three three just felt like it didn't feel like it was in there with the rest of them. It just kind of felt almost like off in its own world. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, um, Insidious is a great movie saga. I don't think they're, oh, they are doing more. That's, There's a new one that's coming out. That's what I was just about to look up. I think it's coming out this year. I think August, I think. Hang on. Your, your brain works faster than my fingers. Sorry. <laughs> Insidious Chapter 5, The Death Lair. Oh! 2020. Bitch! Yeah, when it, it's going to expect it October of 2020. Oh. So you can expect us to do an episode in like, hmm, math, seven months. <laughs> math. <laughs> yeah, good seven thing, months. Good thing that you figured that out because I would have been like, hold on, let me count on my fingers. <laughs> Oh, I, so so what I do is I I envision the 10, and then I envision the 3, and then I do my math. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'd be like, hold on, what month is it? March, April, May, June, July, August, November, October. Yeah. Yeah, seven. (laughs) Seven months. (laughs) So definitely we will be doing one on that, but if you haven't seen any of the Insidious movies, you really should. I think the first one is something that every horror movie fans should see Mm -hmm. it's really good the halloween horror nights house that they did for insidious was super creepy the further was awful i hated it my husband goes in front of me when we go in those because nothing scares him (laughs) and he he tries to ham it up and make it fun for me 
but nothing really gets to him. And one of the first things that we had to do was you walk in and there's fog everywhere and there's the red door with the light over uh-uh. it. And my husband goes, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really want to either. And like the last three things that we went through was you go in and it's like a dark hallway and then there are panels that are taken out on the side and people jump out of them. And it was the bride in black, the red demon, and then something else jumped out in like quick succession. And I just screamed and ran out of the door. Oh, <laughs> I was man. like, nope, I'm not having that. So I, I can't do um, fucking horror. I can't even think of the name right now. Uh, haunted like houses. houses. No, I can't. I, I legit have been into two of them and I can't do it. I used here's the thing. When I was little, I would refuse to go into haunted houses. That would be me. I refused. Like my mom's, one of my really, really good friends growing up, her mom loves haunted houses and she would take me. We would, I would be like, yeah, I'm going in, I'm going in. And then we'd get there. Nope. Mm-hmm. I was not going to go in there. Cause I would hear people in there screaming and I was like, I don't want to fucking go Why in do you there. Go in there. And now I'm like, yes, more screaming. <laughs> When I was in high school, one of my best friends uh, convinced me to go to a haunted house with her, and we were wearing hoodies, and there was this group of girls who went in behind us, grabbed onto our hoodies, and wouldn't let us go. At one point, I was, like, being strangled. Oh, my God. And I was like, let me go. And I, like, basically did over the shoulder. Over, like, like, dropped her. Dropped her, and I was like, I don't know you. And then my friend tripped and, like, all of the people who were working in the haunted house, like, took that as a moment to, like, go stand, lord over her and be like, and I'm like, no, leave her alone. And I grabbed her and we basically just ran through the rest of the haunted house. I think, because, like, I've been to Halloween Horror Nights now twice. And that's, like, a different level of, like, haunted houses. But the one that I went to... Many, many years back, I went with an ex-boyfriend. We were went to this one in, I think, Monroe, in their big, in the fairgrounds. They have a big barn that they use for, like, 4-H and shit. And so they did one in there. <laughs> one of the first things that happened was this guy with a chainsaw, like, came out, and I totally just knee-jerk reaction punched him in the face. <laughs> you told me about that. I, like, totally, I didn't mean to. Like, it wasn't on purpose. It was just, like, a knee-jerk fight-or-flight reaction and my reaction was to fight, mm-hmm. and I punched him, and I was like, oh my god, I am so sorry. And he goes, oh, wow. He's like, you got a pretty strong arm on you. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Apparently not strong enough because you're I know, still right? standing. I was like, please, please don't be mad at me. And he was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And we went through the rest of the house, but it really kind of lost all the magic after that mm. happened. But Halloween Horror Nights, if you guys haven't gone, you should go. It's really, really fun. But yeah, that house insidious was so creepy just because you recognize everything and when we walked into the further like there was fog everywhere there were like lanterns i'm like nope 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 i don't like this i went into my second haunted house that i went into was a like a a person made a haunted house in their basement oh and to get into the party you had to go through Through this haunted haunted house house and then go up the stairs to their party Mm -hmm. And I just stood there, and Chase and I were dressed up as Hansel and Gretel, which is funny because they're brother and sister, and right. everybody was making fun of us the whole night. They were like, you guys are gross. And I'm like, it's a fucking costume. It's a costume. Shut the fuck up. But it was fun because I got to have one of those big lollipops, and then right. Chase and I stuck candy all over ourselves, right. and he had a witch's hand that he, like 
put around his neck as like a trophy. It was, it was really cool. Uh, different reimagining of Hansel and Gretel. Right. Um, but anyways, so we ha- we get to this door and we open it up and they've got fog machines. Mm-hmm. They've got cobwebs. They've got people the dressed up yeah. to jump out and scare you. And I legit took off running. <laughs> left Chase's ass at the door. This and like, I was like, no! And I like ran and just left him. Oh, and no. like, I was terrified that they, because they were old stairs. They oh, weren't yeah. like fully formed stairs. I was afraid someone was going to reach through and, and like, grab, grab you. me. Yeah. And so I was like doing hot feet up the stairs. Hot feet, like, <laughs> high knees, high knees. <laughs> like... You ain't gonna get me! Yeah, the the Halloween Horror Nights houses are really fun. I just was like, my whole thing is, are they gonna touch me? Yeah. Because no. if you fucking touch me, it's on. Like Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. I will fuck you up. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't get to touch me. You can jump out at me. You can try and grab me. But you do not touch me. And the when I talked to her, because we did the VIP tour, when I talked to our guide, he was like, no, nobody's going to touch you. I was like, please don't kick their asses. Yeah. I was like, okay, good. But Insidious, great movies. If you guys haven't watched them, you definitely should. Well, thanks for listening to Insidious with us. Yeah, you were along for a wild ride. Yes. We may have spoken fast, but our hearts were true. Our hearts were true. <laughs> we we made it through the further. We're alive. Yes. And well, and we're not going to astral project anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. Okay, well, maybe Christine might astral project somewhere. <laughs> if I, like, wake up and you're standing in my room, I'm going to be like, Christine's astral projection. Get out of my room, Christine. Bitch, get out. Get out of my dreams. Get out. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Um, follow us on our Twitter, BF Horror Story. And Instagram, Best Friends Horror Story. Yes. We can see how many of you are looking at our page. Yeah. So, if you look and then don't follow, I'm gonna go Jay and Silent Bob on your asses and show up at your house. <gasps> Maybe they want that, though. <laughs> you want me to show up at your house? Probably not. You show up at my house all the time. Well, that's because I walk your dog and you're my best friend, so... Yeah, thanks for bringing in my Fab Fit Fun Box. You're welcome. <laughs> I deliver all her packages inside. It's true. Oh, okay. Well, um, we've got some things coming up. We're not going to tell you because we have to maintain some sort of mystery around here. Yeah, you know. I guess. I, I guess. We truly know what we're going to do, but we decided that this time we wouldn't tell you. That would be a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.